0: Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Welcome and thank you for joining us for part three of Words That Limit Us. Throughout this series, we've been looking at words and phrases that we use that impose limits on us, that stop us from living to our full potential, that actually take away from who we're supposed to become, where we're supposed to land up in life. In the first part, we looked at the two simple little words. I can't, and how these two little words impose limits on us that only exist in theory, but yet they tend to rule our lives. In the second part, we looked at our misunderstandings and the importance of clarifying these misunderstandings so that we don't get stuck in those misunderstandings and miss out on life. Today, in the third part, in the final part of this series, We're going to look at considering the source. Where does the words that we hear come from? So that they don't limit us. Because once again, as we've seen throughout, words have this potential. And if we don't have the right source, the potential just goes exponentially bigger, doesn't it? We live in an age that is more informed than any bunch of people have ever been in history. And the problem with this is, is that we realize that the sources of information, man, they just pose a big problem if we don't consider them. You see, it kind of looks something like this. Someone knows something because they read an article. Actually, it wasn't the article that really inspired them. It was one of the comments that enforced their bias, that um, (laughs) affirmed their opinion that, really got them thinking. They clicked on a YouTube link, link and watched a video, and that video led them to a Facebook page, and we know that if it's on Facebook, it has to be true. More does it? <laughs> and this is the problem, because all of these voices want our attention. All of these voices are trying to talk to us, and which ones do we listen to? It's really important when we realize that we need to carefully consider the source of the words that influence us, because society is already taking massive strain. You see, the mental health care sector has noted a 300% increase in people struggling with anxiety and stress. These people are specifically impacted in their eating patterns, in their sleeping patterns, in their abuse of alcohol, and the fact that their chronic illnesses are worsening because of the stress and the depression and the anxiety that they are under. Another bad part of all this is that the world's most affected age group at this stage is young adults. These are the young people who are, who are going to build the future. Uh, literally, the world is hoping for the future to be built on their backs, on their hard work. And they're already impaired. They're already hampered with mental illness, with mental health challenges. Now, as I said, we can't allow just anybody to speak to us, to influence our future. Our choices that we haven't made yet, but we're gonna make, and we're hoping for good information to make good life decisions, to make good life choices. It's just irresponsible if we allow anybody to speak into our lives. But before we tackle the thousands of voices that are out there, the thousands of voices and opinions that are available to us, it might be important that we take a look at the voices that we hear in our own heads. <laughs> now, author and counselor, Nancy Jane Smith, has a great explanation and really, really good examples of what to look at and what we hear when we speak about the voices in our heads. Now, we always joke about the voices in our heads, but there really is voices of self-talk that we all experience and that we all have. And it's important to take care when we listen to these voices. There's three voices, really, that speak to us. The first, man, the first is our inner critic. It is that voice of self-doubt and criticism. It's really tough that this is the first voice, but it's the one that we hear very, very often. It is this internal, tough, often negative commentary that we have running in the back of our minds at all times. This voice that kind of says, you know what, you have the opportunity, you have the potential to be perfect, but you need to work harder. And all the time you're thinking, how do I work harder? I've just done my absolute best. What else am I supposed to do? The second voice that we often hear is the voice of our best friend, our BFF, that guy that always has our back. You see, We haven't done anything wrong ever in our best friend forever's head. You see, this voice is well-meaning, but unfortunately, it doesn't always lead to the best outcomes. Because the best friend, well, he's looking for a good time. The best friend, he's looking to have the most fun in life. The third voice, and the voice that we should amplify in our lives, is the voice, of reason, the voice of our biggest fan. This is a voice of grace and a voice of wisdom. It's a voice willing us on and moving us forward towards the things that we need to be doing. It stresses that we need to be accountable at all times. It is an authoritative voice, but it leads us to the best. You see, this voice always cheers us on and It leads us in kindness. Now, Nancy's example of this is a really good one. We often make decisions to live a little healthier. And let's say you've made a decision to be a little healthier, to get up half an hour early in the morning and to take a 20-minute walk before you get your day going and you get into everything that you need to do. You set your alarm and you sleep well. The next morning, the alarm goes off. You click the button, you turn around, and as you close your eyes and stretch, a terrible thing happens, and you fall asleep for a few seconds. And in those few seconds, you hear some voices. The first one that we always hear is that critic. Yeah, you've done it again. This is just like you. Well done, Fatty. You've fallen asleep. You've started a good pattern, but with no follow through, how is this ever going to work the second voice that we hear is that best friend that's the best friend that says that's a bit tough that's that's a bit harsh like you know what you had a hard night you got to bed very very early you didn't fall asleep right away and it's super early you know what tomorrow is another day like one day of exercise is not really going to change anything it's consistency in exercise and Consistency can start tomorrow. You see, this is the part of the conversation where these two voices start having an argument. And before you know it, half an hour is gone. You got no extra sleep. You got no exercise. You just laid there for half an hour. And right now, you're late. You're stressed. You're anxious. And you even feel guilty above everything And kind of the little voice of shame and the little voice of belittling, belittling, it's just not shutting up in the back of your head. (laughs) It's at this stage that it's really, really important that we need to tune into the biggest fan. We we need to turn into that voice of reason, the voice that tells us, yeah, yeah, it is early. And you know what? You did get to bed pretty late last night, but you know what? You were doing good things. You finished up that project that really needed doing. Now, you know how good you feel when you get up early and you take that walk. But let's do this. Sleep in. Take 20 minutes. Get up, get to work, and in your lunchtime, go for your 20-minute walk. You know what? You've got this. This is still a long day. This is just obstacle one, and you've just overcome it. In tough and desperate times, we really need this voice of reason to come and to calm us down, to tell us the truth, but to lead us and to stress accountability at all times. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, this voice of reason, this biggest fan, this voice of wisdom and grace, man, it does not come naturally. It is not an occurrence that I am used to all on my own. No, the the critic is the one that really, really is the loudest. The critic is the one that over and over and over again I hear over every other voice in my head. When I hear this, when I think of this, there's the prophet Elijah that comes to mind. Now, He's an Old Testament prophet, and you can read all about him in the book of 1 Kings. And he had just won this wonderful victory. He had just shown dramatically how good and amazing God is to a massive crowd of people, defeating a whole bunch of prophets of, uh, of Baal. And he is on a high. News of his wonderful victory gets to his arch enemy, which is Jezebel. She is the wife of the king of the time, Ahab. Jezebel is really, really angry and really, really vengeful. And she sends a message to Elijah telling him, buddy, by tomorrow morning, you're toast. You are written off. Don't even order breakfast. Elijah hears this and he stresses out and he runs for his life. He runs into the desert, into the wilderness, as hard and as fast and as far as he possibly can. And this leads us to First Kings 19. It says this, he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, For I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Now, it's at this stage that God sends an angel and he feeds Elijah. And he encourages Elijah in his desperately uh, um, depressed state. (laughs) And Elijah is told that he needs to get up and he needs to go to Mount Sinai. It's about 40 days journey. And in all of this, God is significantly telling him, reminding him of his promises. You see, Sinai is known as the mountain of God. Sinai is where God made a covenant with his people, the people of Israel, the people that Elijah just reminded about who God is. It takes 40 days to get there. Israel spent 40 40 years in the desert. And over and over and over again, God is reminding Elijah here, hey, buddy, I've got your back. You're doing my my bidding. Take heart. I'm going to help you. Elijah finally gets to the mountain of God, to Mount Sinai after 40 long days. And he arrives late, and he walks into a cave, and he, he goes to sleep. And it's here where God speaks, To Elijah. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out. And stand before me on the mountain, said the Lord, the Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And it's out of this gentle whisper that God speaks to Elijah after encouraging him over and over and over again, after stressing accountability, after telling him that he needs to be wise in this, after leading him well, after giving him grace. It kind of sounds like a familiar voice. It kind of sounds like a voice that maybe we need to get more familiar with, doesn't it? So often, like Elijah, we see or we hear about stories of massive earthquakes and wind and fire, and we look for God in the miraculous and in the powerful and in these massive things. But we miss the most precious time that we can possibly have with God. Those times of a still, small voice. That daily talking to rather than these highlights in our lives. Rather than these highlights every now and every then. You see, when we come to God in quietness and with a humble heart, and we look for that gentle whisper, He shows up. Time after time after time. The wonderful thing is like with Elijah, God never gives up on us. When we sit under our single broom tree in the big wilderness of the world and we just, we're a little little sorry for ourselves. He doesn't get offended. He loves us through it. He leads us and he guides us through those moments. He always encourages and he always cheers cheers us on. Question is, do we listen out to hear God's voice? Do we make the time? Do we take the effort? Because honestly, we desperately need to hear that voice every single day. We desperately need Him to be the source of information so that we don't get caught up in icons, so that we don't get caught up in misunderstandings as we've spoken of earlier. In John 10, Jesus says the following, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You see, hearing God's voice is rooted in relationship. We can't hear God's voice if we're not seeking him out in relationship. We can't just hope that he might maybe speak to us. Maybe the miracle will happen. No, if we want to hear the leading of that voice, that'll help us to root out the truth from the lies, then we have to make the effort. We have to move into relationship with Him. See, God wants to speak to us. It's very clear. But do we take the time to listen? James 4 and verse 8 tells us, Come close to God and He will come close to you. See, God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to us personally. He wants to speak to us clearly. He wants to talk us through the things that worry us and stress us on a daily basis, but we have to make the effort to get to Him as well. We have to take responsibility for hearing God's voice. How does God speak to us is the question that we often have. Well, He speaks to us in many, many ways. God is extremely creative. Just look at everything that He made. Just look at you and me. He is very creative when it comes to speaking to us. The first way is God will use his word. For thousands of years, God has been using his word to speak to his people, to tell them to, uh, what to do, to guide them in truth, to show them what should happen and what shouldn't happen, what they can expect and what they shouldn't expect. And God still speaks to us today in exactly the same way. Then God will come and he'll speak to us spontaneous thoughts, don't go there, don't take this turn off, say hello to that person, ask that guy. So often we put it down to chance. I think we can leave coincidence with God. He has a way of speaking to us, about, of tuning into the moments more than what we ever give him credit for then there is this audible voice that can speak to us. God has spoken to people in the Bible and people for thousands of years in an audible voice. I have never heard God's audible voice. I'm pretty scared of God's audible voice. He once spoke and he created everything. So I don't know what's going to happen when he speaks to me. But it's just a joke. Don't worry about it. It'd be really cool to hear. But it doesn't happen all the time and we shouldn't expect it all the time. The next way that God speaks to us is through other people. He encourages us through other people, through the church, through good people in your life. He speaks to us through prophetic words. He speaks to us through books, through music, through video, through the arts. God speaks to us in every single way that other people speak to us. He speaks to us through nature. When you get quiet and you sit in your garden, when you go to that waterfall, when you walk through nature through the woods. God speaks to us through all of that. God will use our five senses to speak to us, because those are the tools that we understand best. The Bible records God's sp- using people's hearing, people seeing, their touch, their smell, and even their taste. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Exodus, and, and it's God just saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. It is this, once again, just God using our senses, using the tools that we understand, using the tools that we use every day to show us how good He is. Now, as I said, God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to me. But do we give Him a chance? Do we listen? Do we create the space in our lives? Do we actually sit down, get quiet, and ask, God, will you speak to me? You see, because there's all of these voices, all of these internal voices, all of these external voices, voices of doubt, voices of criticism, voices of flattery, and man, we just need the truth. The thing is, when there's all of these voices of flattery, voices of criticism, and voices of doubt, How do we weed out what is the truth and what isn't the truth? Well, God's voice is consistent with God's character. God is a comforter. He is the spirit of truth. He is an edifier. He is a shepherd and the words that he speaks to us produces faith. You see, God's word tells us to use his word to get to know him and to get to taste what we hear so that we can know what is the truth and what is not the truth. Pretty much saying that God's unlikely to tell you to rob a bank because his word says that that's a terrible idea. God's unlikely to tell us to murder someone because his word says that that's a terrible idea. In the book of Acts, we read the following. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. See, here's a bunch of people who's never heard this message of God preached in this way before. And they're like, Paul and Silas, we love what we're hearing but we want to make sure that we don't just love what we're hearing, but that it actually lines up with what God has to say. So they went back after hearing Paul and Silas' message, they checked the scriptures, and they saw that this is really God's message. The challenge for you and me is to search God's word and to pick up, is this God or is this just something I like on a daily basis? Because that's going to be our toughest challenge in hearing God's voice. Is this God, is this God producing faith in me? Is this God leading me to new things, to better things, stressing accountability, leading me and guiding me in wisdom and in grace? Or is this just nice to hear? And that's a good measure, go to God's word. God won't go against this word. And that's how we test it. The next way to test it is the community of believers, is the church. It is well-meaning and loving and caring people who's willing to tell you and me the truth. That is the, the crux of that. We can't just go to people like that best friend who just, you know, polish our ego. That's dangerous, isn't it? Hebrews 13 says this, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example of, and follow the example of their faith. I'll be honest with you. I've had many people in ministry come to us and tell us, God told me to do this, that, and the other. God told me to go here or there or somewhere or something to that effect. And I'll be honest with you. It is hard to work with that. Because if God told you to do something, then who am I? to tell you to do otherwise. But I've often found people with an openness and an honesty and telling us, I feel this leading. I feel this urge. I feel this urgency to do this. Will you please pray with me? Will you help me to find out if this is God or if this is just something I like? that's a heart that God can work with. That's a heart that is ready to hear God's voice and to follow his leading. Now, throughout this series, throughout words that limit us, and let's be honest, these words don't need to limit us. We have looked at two little words, I can't, and how they create inability and disability in us. But We've realized that our inability and disability, surrendered to God's power and ability, man, it gives us infinite possibilities. We've looked at our misunderstandings, our misunderstandings about God and the church and about who He is and what He is like and how those misunderstandings is not something that needs to hold us back. God wants to lead us out of those misunderstandings and into rich and satisfying life but we need to walk with him and today we're looking at the source that informs our decisions and may that source for you and me be the truth that is God may we live in his freedom may we live in his wisdom and in his encouragement and in the safety of his truth over and over and over again I know that the question that you have right now is okay well How do I do this? What is the next step here? Make it practical. Like, give me some steps. And so here we go. How do we practically hear God's voice? Is five five things. We wait on God. We look for Him. We listen. We write it down. And we respond to what He had to say. I know that was fast. It'll be on screen and we'll talk about it just a moment. The first one is for us to wait on God. Make the time. Block it out in your schedule. This is my time with God. Because we often don't make time. We often don't spend our most important commodity on our relationship with God. And for you and I to hear God's voice, we have to start making some investments in that time. Next thing is we look for Him. You can look for Him in nature. You can look for Him in the quiet. You can look for Him between other people. But the easiest way to find God over and over and over again is through His Word. Look for God. Read His Word and hear what He has to say to you. The next is to listen. Make an effort (laughs) to hear what He is saying. He might be saying the simplest thing. He might just be saying, I love you. But let's be honest, to hear I love you from the creator of the universe, who stopped what he was doing and to take time to listen to you and to tell you the truth that you need to hear in that moment, man, that is powerful. And how often don't we need that? Just a well done, just a keep at it, just a small encouragement, Listen to what he has to say. Be quiet, because so often we get so busy in the asking that we don't listen. The next part of this is for us to write it down. You and I, we tend to forget. So write it down so that we won't forget, so that we have some sort of record of what God is saying to us today, and so that it's easier to test it. So that you don't get caught up in the details and like, maybe God said this, maybe, I can't remember, I had such a busy day. Write it down. It'll do you well. The one step that all of this hangs on and the most important step that we can possibly think of is for us to respond to what God has to say. All of this is worthless if we don't do something about it. Respond to what God has to say to you. Because that is where life change starts. That's where the icons don't matter anymore. That's where the misunderstandings don't matter anymore. That's where rich, satisfying life starts, is when we respond to what God has to say to us. See, our intimacy with God will determine the impact of our lives over and over and over again. Let's pray together. We thank you, Father, for leading us through this series. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to this point, Lord, where you're challenging us, Lord, to spend time with you, to grow our relationship with you, to hear your voice on a daily basis. Father, I want to pray for everybody hearing this, for everybody making the effort here. I want to thank you, Lord, for encouraging them. I want to thank you, Lord, for giving them wisdom in their daily lives. Lord, I want to thank you that you grow their faith as they spend time with you. You Lord, Lord, I want to thank you for the old person to die off, and for the new person that they're becoming because they spend so much with time with you, Lord, to grow up into the person that you have created them to be. Not that we're bad or terrible, but Lord, that the fact is that you have so much more for us than what we can ever think or imagine, and we thank you, Lord, that we can take steps, active steps, on a daily basis to move into what you have for us, Lord God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your leading in every single day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We thank you so much for being part of this series and we thank you, the last guys, for still watching this video. There is, isn't everybody that gets all the way through all the videos, so well done. If you have any questions, if there's anything that we can help you with, Please connect with us through any of our social media platforms or our website. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help. Thank you so much for your time. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, We trust that you have an incredible week.